Radio V. Radio in TV. Radio in TV. Welcome to the Poe Show. We are broadcasting live from T Radio V in Hollywood, California. I'm glad you guys are tuning in. Okay, so we are here to elevate the creative culture. That's what the show's about, as everybody that's watching knows, and that's why you're watching. And this is the place for creatives to be seen. So if you want to be seen, be a part of the show. Be a part of this movement, the creative culture. Whether you're a creative or want to be a creative or... Um, have any desire to watch anything creative or be involved in anything creative, which I'm sure everybody out there likes entertainment, right? Come on. Okay, so we're gonna we're gonna go right into some announcements. So Finn Dack happens to have he had an opening. Um, the opening was uh, last Friday, uh, which was the 20th. Okay, so Finn Dack, urban artist, muralist. Um, he just finished a six-month world tour. He's basically painting the world, and that's not really an exaggeration. He has gone so many places, I did not list them out, but you can check it. You can check him out. Findak. Um, his show is called, and just give me one second, because I don't speak this language. It's called <laughs> the, the Nadeshiko. Nadeshiko? The Nadeshiko show in Hong Kong. Opened Friday, November 20th, like I said. If you happen to be in Hong Kong, check it out. I looked up the definition of Nadashiko. It is very appropriate for his work. It is a Japanese term meaning the personification of an idealized Japanese woman or the epitome of pure feminine beauty. So check out the show if you can. Um, also, James Ballou, he has some new work. Urban artist, muralist. I'm sure you remember him from this show. Um, he's also the host of Vantage Point Radio in Berlin. So his new work he has from Behind the Wreckage, which is a 16 by 16 oil on panel. And he also, okay, so what's up there on the screen now. This is, his, um, this is his mural entitled, or entitled, titled Float, was done for the Richmond Mural Project 2015, Richmond, Virginia. That is actually, go back, Jake, just one. Um, that's actually the Google Street View. They actually caught them painting, <laughs> which is kind of funny. <sighs> okay, you can go to the next one, Jake, because this uh, mural photo and more of these mural photos were taken by Benja Photography. You can find more about that at <coughs> www.benjaphotography.com. The model, go back to that one more time because I have the model in there. Model for this piece is painter and muralist Katie Green. Um, you can find her work at www.katiegreen.com. There's two photos of Katie's work. I just wanted to flash real quick. It's got three. There they are. That's not, yeah, okay. There they are. That's one. That's one. Oh, that's so sweet. Okay, so I just tied that together just because <laughs> she's not only an art model for this particular project, but she is also a painter herself, so I wanted to give her proper credit and the photographer. Okay, so we have a room full of freak shows today. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, yeah. I just wanted to get a reaction. I didn't really. Okay. <coughs> so we have artist extraordinaire. Alan Katz. In the art world for decades. I'm going to introduce all of you, and then we're going to just go into this, like, freaky free-for-all. Yeah. Okay. So, And I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make it a little shorter, because I know the first show back on the post show um, where Marissa was on, 
Alan Katz was to be featured, and Alan Katz didn't have a voice. No, he couldn't open his mouth. What was it called again? <laughs> <A> rare moment. <laughs> Maybe it was you need to get the microphone close to you, though. Okay. Yeah, Did you have yeah, your jaw away. wired shut? Yeah, it was just like <laughs> I, I wasn't feeling real good that time. Sorry. What what happened? It wasn't. Uh, we no, missed no, you. Your business, man. Give me your business. <laughs> I'm really curious. Okay, talk into the mic, Mike. I'm talking to the mic, Alan. Mike. Did somebody punch you in the mouth? No, no, no. It wasn't that. I can't remember. It was so long ago. He wasn't feeling well. So wasn't feeling understandable. Well. Give me a break. So no, I actually, no, I'm sorry. I, I actually didn't mean to put you on those bar like that. Five minutes of fame came and I missed it. It's the story it came. Of my well, life. you know what? We still celebrated you, so that's why I'm cutting it. You know, a little shorter than everything I usually say about Alan Katz. But okay, so yeah, you can keep say, say I the can usual keep bit. The usual bit. <laughs> well, I just I, I talk about your you know the successful cake business, yeah, the, your that. mini shangri. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Sagrada Familia of your house, blah blah, because uh, we've talked about that. that okay, but we're, we want to talk about y you and your painting and what you've been doing to stir shit up in <laughs> social media. <laughs> I said shit on air again. Okay, painters who just painted while the art world burned. So that's kind of what a lot of our focus is going to be on today is that which you have, um, you've collected a lot of amazing pieces of art. Yeah, it started that out. Subject. It started out because I got sick and tired of reading the newspaper in the morning when it's with breakfast or coffee, and I just got really tired of the bad news and just the state of the world. And so I decided that I was going to get up every morning and discover a new artist, you know. And then somehow it developed into then writing an essay and then including links to all their pages, and and it became this encyclopedia of uh, representational painters in the, from post-World War II because uh, World War II is the, is the fine line that everybody uses to say that, you know, things changed after World War II because America became the world power and, and then abstract expressionism took over as the first American uh, expression form and, uh, and that figurative art and representational art went in decline. But that's not really true. It's just that's the way it was reported, yeah. you know, for for <laughs> you know strategic reasons culturally. But the uh, fact is, uh, representational painters kept painting. And if you think about who are the most influential uh, painters of the last seventy years, even after World War II, many of them were representational. Even Picasso, for yeah. instance, never left left touch with the uh, figure. Yeah. Uh, Salvador Dali, yeah. you know, Thomas Hart Benton, all these guys were like major, major painters before the war. Yeah. So in fact, before the war, Thomas Hart Benton was considered America's number one painter. He was the greatest painter in America. And in fact, the regionalists in general were. And Thomas Craven wrote an art history book uh, before the war that really showed that, you know, the greatest American painters before the war were all, you know, representational painters. But after the war, everything changed because, uh, you know, before the war, painters would go to Europe to learn how to paint, yeah, and to learn their style. Then they come back <coughs> to America and do their thing with a European you were style. One of those. But <laughs> after the war, and America became the number one power in the world, uh, America had to have its own expression form. And they had jazz yeah. musically, which right. was an original American um, expression form. And, and when abstract expressionism happened, after the war, you can imagine with all the suffering and all the, the people were so tired of all the suffering and all the stuff that went on in the war, the death and destruction, that probably the last thing they wanted to do would be to see pictures of people. I think yeah. people needed yeah. to get out of paintings, yeah, you know, no, completely. It. And so uh, abstract expressionism represented a, a freedom of spirit no, no, that America no. wanted to project to the world. And, and they, they went with that. But you know what? But now, in, in my opinion, we need that back. We need we need the the human touch back in yeah, there, well so we can relate now. to. It. And like you were you were mentioning, it just um, it just made me think of something where you were saying instead of reading the newspaper or watching the news because it's depressing, then you started doing looking into art. Right? Wouldn't it be great if people would express that more artistically, so that you could pick up the paper and see like a great poem dealing with the subject that they're talking about? Yeah. <laughs> You know what I mean? Even if it's, you know, a week later or whatever, I would much but rather see this something. This is the information age, okay? I know, but we, we have we have access to that information age, too, as far as getting artists mm -hmm. in general in, in somehow getting into the media and getting into, look at the show, getting into the faces of, pe of the public so that they can see, 
in a visual like in a painting or in a play or in a more yeah. creative thing, what's going on in the world? But the problem is the painters aren't doing it. I mean, look that's at all, what I'm. That's look what at, I'm saying. That's one of the things the I'm saying. But we can, and we could make a difference on. doing it. We could. How many great paintings were painted on 9/11? You know, yeah. about that about yeah. that moment in history, or civil rights, or anything. I mean, when you think of a civil <laughs> rights painting, I think of Norman Rockwell. You know? Okay, but let me ask you this: Is it that the uh, that the creatives weren't creating, or was it that they just no, weren't seeing? It's just that it shifted. The yeah, there was a time when when paintings were the news reporting of the world, or the or whatever it was. Yeah. Any great event was was mo memorialized in a painting. Today, it's all photography or TV. You know, if 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 you're going to invade a country, if we're going to invade a country or whatever, you know, you. you uh, it's the TV guys that are there. It's the news medium that's there. It's yeah. the photography that's there. It's not painters. In World War II, there were artists who, who went into the field with the troops and, you know, yeah. did paintings. Right. Of the, it was uh, all illustrated. Yeah. And uh, that doesn't happen anymore. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. Stay with us. on Vantage Point. When I was younger, I used to draw a lot and I definitely had memories of being alone in my room and not really needing anything else and being quite content with that. When I split up with my partner, I, I thought that that would give me a certain peace of mind, which I really desperately needed at that point. And I was right. I mean, I started painting and literally right from the word go, it just gave me, it was like a meditation. You just go into autopilot or auto mode and 12 hours later, you realize you haven't eaten, you haven't drunk anything and now oh, you're going to bed now so what's the point to listen to the full interview and find more information visit our website at vantagepointradio.com when it comes to the realistic work i'm sitting down and concentrating so hard with little teeny tiny brushes and oil paint and then with the abstract, I'm, I'm on my feet, I'm moving around, using my whole body, throwing things around, being very impulsive. It's a really nice way to keep things interesting in the studio. Hip hop was for sure the first major love of my life. I was obsessed. And this entire series of paintings is my tribute to hip hop. I'm really mostly coming from this old master tradition and in old master painting there's a hierarchy of skills you know starting like still life landscape portrait nude figure painting and then these multi-figure paintings these sort of massive epic kind of you know pot boiler things that when you go to a museum you just walk right by them because they're so kind of boring <laughs> but that's what I'm trying to use you know modern imagery to uh, transpose in, into my own needs and in my career I've done still life landscape portraits nudes and all that stuff but now I'm really concentrating on these multi-figure compositions. To listen to the full interview and find more information, visit our website at vantagepointberlin.com. Hey. Okay, so that was Vantage Point Berlin Radio. Um, uh, James Ballou is the host, like I mentioned earlier. Um, I'm going to keep feeding them through. We're doing some cross-promotion here. And so just support the artists. These are, these are great, great, amazing people around the world, a lot of them in, you know, Germany, Holland, uh, London. We want to keep doing this. You know, have James Ballou in, Lond or in Berlin. Danny Wood will be back here from, from London, and he's going to be co-hosting for me at some point. So we just want to keep the momentum going because this is really great to have at least three countries doing this. It can really expand things. And especially in the, in, with street art, because it's just such an up, I know it's not, a, it's, not, it's not an upcoming thing, it's a here thing. <laughs> and they're doing so very great. So Vantage Point, it's a radio show hosted, like I said, about James Ballou um, and Tom Otto 64. I don't always understand these names because they're street artists, so I don't really know what their name is. But anyway, so they interview artists in the post-graffiti and urban contemporary art scene. A lot of them are most amazing muralists, as you as you saw on those videos. I mean, James Ballou, as we know, just is is amazing. 
But um, also, uh, Dan Witz, what did you think about that? Is that insane? What an amazing artist. Okay, so, and this is a, a bi-weekly, what, what? With Dan Witz, the guy who did all those... Uh, those kind of like slamming paintings and all yeah, that all the, stuff. Yeah, lots and, of people it, together. Yeah, is that yeah, all yeah. Um, like murals or? Those are, those are huge pieces. I believe he does murals because he does stuff on walls too that are smaller. But it, did you see the one with the like the the hands holding onto the bars? Yeah, super ultra realistic. So that's like a painting mm -hmm. on canvas or something. No, it's a painting on <laughs> a brick wall. <laughs> it looks oh, like really? somebody's in there trying to get out. That's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. It's wow. pre pretty insanely cool. So anyway. I wanted to uh, I want to talk about that for a second. Okay, so we also have here, back by popular demand, Louis Metz, Ooh, and Louis yeah. Metz, like like I said, is the painter of the broken American dream. <laughs> I just thought that was funny. I, I never came up with that. <laughs> Who, who well, said that? <laughs> you have a painting called that. Who the fuck said that? <laughs> Your you, mama. You have the painting called that. My, painting. my mama. <laughs> what? Is that what that painting's called? The Broken no. American Dream? Good He's God, no. American painter. Okay. <laughs> I never. What? Uh, <laughs> who said that? Trebuchet. Trebuchet. An article in Trebuchet magazine oh, said that, that. No, that's not what that painting's called. Okay. Title uh, that it. That painting's called That's My Mama. Is it? <laughs> yeah, that's. Did that's you see the headline? Up. Did you see the headline? <laughs> Bullshit. <laughs> no, no that, he's that's painting the broken American I'm painting, dream. No, that's I'm what. That's what. It, but that's what it says. But yeah, well, that, well, I no. said the painter of. Because you. Painted. Yeah, anyway. but that's not the name of the painting. Get over it. It's a. It's. It's a good. No, I can't get over it's it. The subject. <laughs> I'm not gonna get. <laughs> fuck that. <laughs> okay, tell us. About I the refuse to get over that. Tell us about that article. What was that article about? I don't know. What do you mean? <laughs> you don't know what it was about? Because somebody it reposted it. It was about it. me painting the broken American dream. And how do you feel about it being considered that? That's all right. That's okay. Do we have? Was it? Did you go all the way down on that, um, Jake? Or was it? Uh, yeah. If you okay, go go a but little I, bit. I didn't come up with that. Scroll down, title. and I think it shows the whole photo, the whole piece. Does it? No, it doesn't. Oh, there yeah, it is. There it is. There it is. Wow. So what's a, what's that's like a fun Saturday night to me. What's broken about what that? Is, what, is the title? <laughs> what is the title of that piece? What You know what? I love it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Holy shit, I can't remember the name Whiskey of that painting. Whiskey and G-strings. Cha-cha heels. It's called... Um, it's all good. What's broken about it is that the guy's wife is at home wondering where he is. <laughs> You know what? I can't remember the name of that. Saturday but it's definitely <laughs> It's definitely not called The Broken American Dream. There's a porpy snort in here. Okay. So uh, we also have, as everybody knows, this woman, the amazing back as well by popular demand, Marissa Gomez, um, who is a gallery girl, model, <laughs> and front girl for the jazz, blues, honky-tonk band, Marissa Gomez in the Ghost of Echo Park. Woo. Okay, and I'm going to have you introduce Michelle, because you know more about Michelle than I do, because I've only met her Oh, she's a surprise briefly. guest. I she's brought, our, our surprise guest. I brought my wonderful friend and neighbor, Michelle Carr. She's was the producer of The Velvet Hammer. She also, I mean, local legend, near and far, <laughs> across the waters, from here to Berlin. Michelle Carr, everyone. Yay! Yay. And I, I actually brought her along because... Um, I felt that there was a, an interesting backlash that Michelle experienced uh, um, over a week ago, and I thought it would be wonderful for her to talk about and share with us here on the show because it does lend to all the topics that you touch upon, yeah, yeah. and uh, you know it, it should be spoken of. And it's, it's about bur burlesque. Um, not so. Much. Let Michelle talk okay. about it. Oh, we can move on. To oh, that. okay. Oh no no no! Let's, well, let's talk let's about it. Can let's, I can I say something about some Michelle? Let's say it. Let's just say it. Well, Michelle used to run Jabberjaw in the <laughs> early '90s, and a lot of really great bands used to play there. And I mean, not that we were great, but my old band used to play there. Spoon, <laughs> we were okay. Yes, we have some great posters uh, really? of Spoon. Well, and that was but you know in my the new book. Man, she had before Nevermind by uh, Nirvana came out, like right like a few months, like in 91, Nirvana played at her at her establishment, Jabberjaw. 
and it was incredible like it was just it, you know and it was completely word of mouth it was totally underground every super cool not you know it, it was it was like college radio nothing you know and before the internet yeah and, and it was completely packed and and nirvana played you know songs from nevermind and then songs from bleach and um it, it was really incredible and, and it'll always you know that will always stick with me and so like i have to give her kudos for okay that deserves a cheers yeah. you know like somebody that, that she's did definitely that. a pioneer oh, on like, many levels i mean so. definitely you, you gotta give her you know oh, come on thank you. come on everybody please <laughs> Everybody, let's, cheers you know, to Michelle. Let's, let's Carr. give her a fucking hand clap. So let's let let's yeah. let's <laughs> let Michelle though. talk to us a little bit. Let's let's hear what she's got to well, say. Well, it's funny because it's it's very topical in the sense that uh, political correctness seems to be on um, everyone's mind, especially where freedom of expression and the arts are concerned. And I'm trying to nutshell this, but uh, <laughs> last week I. Uh, had pitchforks and torches <laughs> yeah. all over my uh, Instagram because uh, of a photograph that I put up of myself that was five years old. It was uh, one of those, you know, Facebook things where it's like Throwback. memories, yeah. you know. Oh. And I saw this photo of this pr uh, performance piece I did at LACMA yeah. um, for the Fallen Fruit exhibition. Uh, and uh, I did a uh, Josephine Baker, I transformed myself into Josephine Baker where I did full brown body makeup, I made the banana skirt, I studied Josephine Baker and her dance moves and it was in line with, uh, it was very relevant to the very political kind of um, message that Fallen Fruit uh, was uh, giving in this like exhibition as a whole uh, okay so so for the audience mm -hmm. tell us exactly I mean in a nutshell what that was uh, <laughs> what the the fallen fruit exhibition yeah. was uh, they they uh, their thing is is about uh, food people's access to food around the world uh, the the uh, who are the powers that be and right. why do, how do they dictate mm -hmm. how food is delivered to us and it's very it's really multi-layered and in this exhibition they they um, opened up the entire museum and invited a big uh, group of performance artists uh, to perform for uh, about six hours straight. So it was like a marathon performance of all over the museum. And um, I can't, I, you know, it was five years ago and I can't remember exactly what my, because uh, I had to write a proposal to LACMA for them to approve it. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, so that it would, everything would make sense. And the one thing that they were afraid of was that I would be topless and that what I was doing might be considered blackface. So I had to write uh, another paper explaining to them how it was relevant, how it's not blackface. You know, I really, I when I do these performances, I really dig into the history. I want to know my shit, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So if anyone can come back at me, I'm bulletproof. Right. And so I sent them my, uh, my argument because it was either like, you're either gonna let me do it how I want it to be, you know, in, in its purest way that I, how I see fit, because mm -hmm. I really stand behind it, or I'm not gonna do it at all because me dancing around in a banana skirt as a, you know, white, chick with tattoos and it just like it just would have looked like a cheesy cop-out yeah, yeah yeah so anyway there's this one photograph that austin young the curator uh who also happens to be a, a photographer took of me dancing in lacma and this popped up on my facebook feed and i was like oh i remember that that was such a magical day and so i posted it on facebook i posted on instagram and basically long story short uh, I got a warning from a friend that my picture was being passed around in a very scary way. Uh, I haven't been outed yet, but uh, this could be ruinous, and uh, basically I'm a bigot. And then, next thing you know, just a few hours later, all these chicks started joining my oh. Instagram uh, account uh. and just it was just oh. you're a racist you're a pig blackface how dare you yeah, it was just it was so freaky and it was so freaky i gotta say it was beautiful like i didn't see the i didn't see the performance <laughs> but the photograph <laughs> the one photograph that exists was beautiful i brought my tablet we could 
punch it up if we wanted to see it. But it was so beautiful. And, you know, there was a, a large percent of the people who were, you know, stabbing at Michelle and calling her racist are like newer burlesque dancers. Like these are people who don't even know the true history of Josephine Baker. They don't know the history of what the show was about. And they didn't even know the history of Michelle Carr who had produced the, you know, the comeback burlesque show. I mean, a huge show that was the only, I mean, this is the reason why these little girls are dancing around and you know being burlesque dancers today well, you was, know and they didn't was, even realize she started this whole resurgence of this am i close enough to the mic <laughs> you're pretty close so, but it wasn't done like in a mocking <laughs> no not at of all black it was people not way, at all right? it was it was a physical transformation you it know? was beautiful so it was obvious that it wasn't like it's done obvious. in a racist not at all lacma carefully considered this project and okayed it so then who was <laughs> jumping on you just random were the were people uh, criticizing you were they black women or there was a couple of black chicks mostly white chicks um and when i checked out their uh their pages they're all somehow involved in cosplay and burlesque and you know all kinds of things like this so it was just very and, and I all think in women the black community, it was not that weird. i can speak for the black community but there is a lot of history where other people in the spanish community too where uh white people have had parts in movies and TV no, or whatever and I when they should have hired black this. people or Spanish yeah. people. Right, or Indians. Yeah. So I think maybe that's where it comes from. Like if somebody's going to immortalize Josephine Baker, why not be a black woman instead of a, a white Because woman? it wasn't, well, isn't they that, didn't come isn't up that with racist it. not enabling <laughs> a white chick to, to play why do, you, why do you have to have, why do you have to be black to portray? Exactly. No, you know, I, no, that's no, what I, I was saying. I, exactly. I understand, I understand It's not like she was doing no, a biopic. It's very, it's very, very sensitive and I understand all the history behind it. We need to take a quick break. Yeah. Because we're running out of time. We'll but I have a very important <laughs> point to make. <laughs> and you can. You can make that at the break now. <laughs> we'll all be listening. <laughs> Um, I try to escape because the nutshell is really small and there's not a lot of holes there. We're off the ballot subject. Okay, let's get off. Should we talk about boobs? No. That's like anarchy to me. Am I sitting next to a real live anarchist? You invite people, and a bazillion people, like I said, everybody and his dog, on stage with him to perform, to do... Like a ball or something weird, you know, that you've never painted with before. That'll force you to create something different. Well, I used to use naked bodies. Well, you know, the same people that say it has no medical benefit have a, a, a patent for its medical use. Exactly. What do you do when you're high? You're like, everything is that we eat, we don't drive, really, because we drive. Yeah, we don't get anywhere. <laughs> Yeah, well, yeah. I went to an alternative school, so... What is that? Alternative, alternative meaning they don't teach yeah, anything? <laughs> you can do whatever the hell you want, you anarchist. You know what? I don't care because I'm sure it's an urban dictionary. <laughs> 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 I go by the urban, you, as you all as y'all know. You got... Occupy my protest. Take away my right. You say you want your freedom. Put in with a fight. You call yourself American and patriotic still more power to the people that propagate their own will. Exactly. <laughs> See this, everybody? Get it. That's cool. Evan Stone, Francis at Ham Sandwich Bank. Welcome back to the Poe Show. Yeah. Okay, so if you haven't already gotten it, please get it. Abe's new EP, self-released under the label Abeness Records. Abe. Again, self-released. 
under the label Abeness Records. Mm. That's A E B N E S S. Check it out. She's just she's freaking amazing. As you guys know, if you saw the last show. Okay, you can find her at www.abenessaebenness.com or she's got a Reverb Nation, ReverbNation.com uh, slash AEB. Um, she also plays with Evanstone and the Translucent Ham Sandwich Band. Again, Evanstone and the Translucent Ham Sandwich Band because that's a mouthful. I'm hungry. I know. <laughs> it's, a, it's a big sandwich. Okay, they released their debut album, Music from the Future, on iTunes November 5th. Um, so check them out. Check out the ham, as we say in the ham world. www.translucenthamsandwichband.com <laughs> Okay, also, guesting on November 30th episode of the post show is Noah Ng and Jason Mazilis, an L.A.-based ragtime duo or rag honk, as they call it. New CD have arrived, so you can get those. You can actually, let's see. You can get those at the <laughs> piano bar. <laughs> because Noah Ang is the bartender there on Friday and Saturdays. Don't ask me how I know that. Can you get a ham sandwich there? That's a, <laughs> you might be able to get a ham sandwich there. I'm not sure. That's on Selma and Hayek. The, or Sel Selma and Hayek. <laughs> <laughs> that was a Freudian slip. Oh, my God. I love it. Oh, how funny was I that? I like that corner. On, you can get a ham happen? sandwich on Selma <laughs> Hayek. Selma and Hayek. You can't wow. get me away from that. <laughs> Selma and Wilcox. Ooh, um, you might even see Billy Gibbons there. He just had a uh, he just did a uh, beard trimming a video. Yeah, he just did a video at the piano bar. Mm. Oh, with the beard trimming. Oh. It was right after we were there or something. Really? Anyway, right after that. So, but you can check out on their Facebook page Noah Ng and Jason Mazilis for updates where you can pick one up if you don't plan to be at the piano bar. Um, I'm also gonna have him again guesting on November 30th. So check that out. It's gonna be at, at, that's next week. Next week. He's going to be here next week. Okay. So that's exciting stuff. <clears throat> okay, we're going to get back to this. You know what? We should talk just a little bit more about, um, well, or did we cover it? The painters who, who just painted while the art world burned. I think we should just, uh, I mean, it's not Burn my it. show. No, no, no. We can, we I can feel like we should it started to get up? heated in here. Yeah. No, it's sort of hotter than hell. I know. We're flashing in here. Okay. Close <laughs> off. Woo. Oh, okay, let's get, let's get back to, back to, Anger then. Mm. <laughs> Anger and Everybody frustration. take their clothes There's off now. Okay. I'm just afraid right, of the too. direction that this is going. I'm afraid of the direction this is going too. Okay. Did I shave my armpit? Okay. We were just talking about at the break though, we were talking about like I mean, this is artistic creation here. If you why do you have to be an African American to portray an african-american in your own art piece no but it's because also everybody's gotten so what about goddamn drag queens politically they're correct. portraying women in such a like some would say in a negative way or an outlandish way and they're you know what i mean it's Be like it's because okay. it's it's one it's it's one trodden upon minority trotting upon another one you know what i think it's just it, it's a matter though so it's of okay of what what your what your purpose is. I mean, she was uplifting exactly. Josephine yeah, Baker. What's yes. the and, and people who people who dress in drag are not ridiculing women. Right. They're no, I, I know. Right. Right. Women. Exactly. It's, it's the other all day, when good. I was at my um, Ku Klux Klan meeting, <laughs> and we had our banana skirts, and we did this really fun dance. Okay. <laughs> okay. No. No to everybody. No to the audience. His views do not reflect those of the show. And Louis Metz is Jewish. <laughs> so. Oh, so am I. Part black. I'm a Jubin. Cuban Jew. Anyway. Oh, so are you. Are you Cuban? Oh, you're from... Where were you from no, again? I'm not, no, I'm, I'm no from, he's just Jewish. I'm Puerto, I'm Puerto Rican. Puerto Rican. Oh, you are? What do they call Puerto, Puerto Rican, Rican Jews? Jew-Rican. Oh, that's right. Oh Jew-Rican. You're the Puerto Rican Jew. Oh, you're the one we heard about. Welcome back. Ep Epstein's my, my <laughs> uncle. Oh, shit. This has gone bad. Anyway, this has gone all wrong. I, I, I know we're getting really lowbrow here. You know, I mean, lowbrow's low highbrow now. Did you know? Check it out. Just one more thought on this. We're highbrowing lowbrow. I, along with uh, many other friends of Michelle's, friends and colleagues of hers, who know, you know, the great place that she's coming from, the intelligent, well-thought-out place that she's coming from, I, we've encouraged her to write 
an article about this. Oh, definitely. And she's also going to tell. I, I kind of just last minute knocked on her door and said, hey, why don't you come over? Let's just get your feet warm so you can start talking about this. Because I think it's really important. And so does she. You know, it, it, it's great that people have, in a way, have pulled out their pitchforks at you because it's brought up a wonderful topic that is and that's what art does it it, it uh, gets people talking, gets people talking. you know what hopefully no no hopefully hopefully it does and that's what I, I talk about is that that is the power of it you know a, a lot of, of creatives think that they're you know they're not being seen or they're not making a living at it or whatever but you know what we have to keep doing it and we can make a difference with our expression in creativity that's what i always talk about here because just like you were doing it's kind of or a lot of people do to 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 express a a thought or a and to get stuff stirred up it needs to be stirred up for it to be resolved that, that goes i think it's like a compulsion it's too. a compulsion like you can't help but this wasn't even it, you know. shock value you know it wasn't I mean? meant to be. <laughs> no, it wasn't at all. You know. What so do you it's think like about it, Alan? Out of curiosity, <laughs> I'm being too quiet, right? <laughs> yeah, stick your face in that mic. No, but you said a lot. His mouth hurts. Uh, <laughs> like, no, I, I, like I said, I think this goes back to uh, you know Swanee River. It goes back to when white people uh, dressed up with blackface and insulted. Betty Hutton did insulted it. Insulted black people, and uh, but what I'm what I'm curious about is when you wanted to honor. Her was it her blackness that you were you were honoring, or was it her 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 dance skills? Because why couldn't you just dance like Josephine Baker and be white, or do you have to be black to be Josephine Baker? That's you what I want to know. You have to be black to be why? Josephine why Baker. Why? Why do you have to be black to be Josephine? Because Baker? her blackness is uh, is uh, every bit. But that it's means like you're seeing her color. See, that's where no, the it's her whole is. the banana skirt, like everything. She was even she just became her. I transformed into that's a her. Secondary. I mean, if you if you look, skin. have you ever like gone on YouTube and looked at any of her performances? Oh yeah, no, all the I know backdrops, all the costumes and stuff. It's very. It goes back to like. <sighs> Uh, kind of like a highly stylized, like African uh-huh. kind of thing. No, it was even, the, yeah, and, and, that, no, and it's true. also oh, almost like kind of like she's also she's also kind of like she's being minstrel in a way herself. Minstrel. Minstrel. Oh, okay. Not <laughs> menstrual. <laughs> Your mama is being menstrual. <laughs> Sorry, heard no, we like can't <laughs> hear you if you're not next. Not that we want to, Alan. No, I'm just kidding. No, keep it. You, you, can, you can touch it. Put your mouth on it. I know it's disgusting. Oh, yeah. Put your mouth on it. It's not put disgusting. We like it. Everybody heard that. We're going to take a break. This Don't is a be break. shy. I know how to put my break. mouth on We'll be right back. Keep watching. Hello, welcome to the Newman Workshop. Come in, come on in, come on in. I'm going to be uh, doing some drawing today. I'm going to concentrate on doing drawing of the female head. So this will be an online tutorial. And while I'm drawing, I encourage you to draw along with me. This is a great way to really get these ideas ingrained in your head.
What hey, welcome back to the post show. We're live. Ooh. Reminders, we're live. What were you saying, Alan? No, you want no, about being menstrual? Get back on about being, being on your period? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> if a, if a white us. person dressed up as Michael Jackson, that you know, happens. That has happened. <laughs> it, but you know, in black face. Is it and okay then if, a, doing if a white space. person dresses up as Michael Jackson? Well, no, I mean, wouldn't Michael people Jackson? think that that was kind of, like, strange? Or am no. I, am I totally people go, off-based? oh, they're dressed up like Michael Jackson. Well, like in that Harmony Kareem film. But now there's an example, though, with Michael Jackson that you wouldn't have to be, say, black. You could you could learn from him or imitate him and still not make it a color issue. That's what I'm saying. Well, no, he was I, actually white face. He was trying to... But what, what about, <laughs> like, white guys <laughs> from England doing Chuck Berry songs. And exactly. Exactly. And then like but completely making a new face. genre based on black American blues and Chuck what Berry Keith, songs. What if Keith Richards came Is that racist? Face, you know? <laughs> well, but Keith Richards wasn't specifically that's saying racist. I am this person. She was portraying somebody specific so in racist. history and you know created herself visually in a beautiful way for but then people why, but why is that racist exactly that's what we're that's saying that's not racist it probably isn't no. racist but you can and it's not blackface because I don't think it's racist you can understand right. why it, some can, people I have, yes. I have a really stupid question it that's, it's not that's racist. a knee jerk reaction that's this is bullshit it's not racist is there a white face yeah, well, or, a, or a Jew face? Exactly. Uh, yeah, there is. <laughs> there, there has to be. Or a, have you ever seen vo- like vaudeville? <laughs> it's all <laughs> about. There's got to like, be Jew face and races yeah, and cultures knows? being I'm exaggerated. Just, I'm just wondering. Well, well, you know, have you ever heard of the? Um, it's oh, funny because it's true. You have the. <laughs> <laughs> we can't hear the you. Cake, the cakewalk. Have you no. heard of the cakewalk? What's the cakewalk? The cakewalk is is a um, a black slave parody of the way white people would walk. <laughs> so like, can you show it, us it, how that goes? It's too. Uh, I'll kick everybody in the head. I mean, it, it's like it, it's like this exaggerated. Like they would dress up like kind of like white people, you know, like back in the day. And then it, it was just this exaggerated. Like you got to be talking into the stiff, microphone. Thank Louis. you. Stiff walk, s- stiffed back, and then like legs kicking out in these like really <laughs> like John Cleese. And that it, actually sounds European. It was a, it was a parody of it was a it was a black parody of white Alan. walk. I think it's important to laugh at your own <laughs> self. You know, we need to be laughing more about our race and our cultures. Yeah. You know, using the humor because there's a lot of funny things going and on. We've, got, I, I we've, got, we've got beyond a lot of it, so we should actually, you know, God, remember when? But and it's true, you know, I do a lot of Bessie Smith songs, and what because I'm a white girl, you know, I'm not even. In my own culture, they consider me a white person. I'm, I'm not even Latin, you know, because my skin color and my eye color, you know, and you'd be officially Hispanic. Yeah, I am Hispanic. <laughs> anyway, but when I was a kid, they used to call me. I mean, you did call me Marisa, and that's fine. But my name is Marisa. But in Spanish class, my teacher would go, "Your name in Spanish is Marisa." You know. Anyway, but the point is, like, if musicians can't sing black songs because we're not black, you know, yeah. uh, what I can't sing a Negro spiritual because right. yeah. I don't right. feel the voice of the you know no, the people it's, singing, it's and I'm, and I also want to continue it. But then what about living that. color? Right. It's, it's, no, it's not from you. It's that the pain that these pe- that that the generations and generations of certain ethnic groups suffered, you right. know, is part of the w- in is 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 accountable for part of their reaction. Right. Okay. It's not that you should just start having fun with with these pe- right. some of these people really suffered. Right. But, but no, then, but then again, we're for, but for then we're but then we're actually celebrating Louis, what we like about Alan their culture. Is speaking. And you know what? But I'm also a Jew. And when I was a kid, I instinctually felt that it was wrong to be Jewish. And people would come to me when I was a kid and say, oh, you look Jewish. Are you Jewish? And I would be like, no, I'm not Jewish. Because I felt that it was wrong to be Jewish. And I didn't even realize the Holocaust. You well, know you what I'm saying? Well, you couldn't be Jewish with the Gomez for a last But time. I am. I know, but I mean, right. that, maybe that was why. There's, there are Juban, er, Juban. There are... <laughs> <laughs> Actually, there are Cuban, Jewish, Chinese people in the world. And this is this goes to ignorance. You know, like people are ignorant going back to the knee jerk reaction of what's happening, you know, with this situation. 
with Michelle, it's like instead of doing research and also instead of like calling somebody out on the internet, why not send yeah. them a private message and ask them what was their intention behind that? You know, and get, you know, people are just looking for attention in one way or another. And and that's the part that's that's fucked because can I say that or I already you did. So too bad. But that's the part, you know, because people are listening and, you know, somebody who doesn't know Michelle or somebody who is also ignorant to the fact is going to believe that she's a racist yeah. based on one little snippet of a statement from somebody flippantly, you know, reacting yeah. to her black face. You know, Absolutely. maybe so. Oh, Louie, it was not it was not <laughs> blackface. It was an it was a transformation. It was within the context of the exhibition, which was fallen fruit uh, uh, at LACMA. Yeah. You know, LACMA people. And I had to jump through hoops at like, well, how about the fact they didn't want me to be topless either? That's a whole other issue. Oh, boy, is that an issue? Were you hired by <laughs> LACMA to do this? Uh, the f By Fallen Fruit. It was under the Fallen Fruit uh, To be exhibition. Josephine Baker. Well, it was my choice to do this. Well, it was my contribution to the, oh, okay. the uh, exhibition. Mm. Yeah. How yeah. about a song? Yeah. <laughs> okay, we have three minutes. No, I mean, that, but you know, that, that's all bullshit. Three minutes know. to commercial? Or you want uh, Three minutes till we're done. Oh, my goodness. You, got, you, got, you got a two-minute song? Um, I do. I have like a minute and 14 do seconds. It. Do Sing it. that song, baby. Um, well, Sing let me it. just set it up a little bit. Um, I do have a record coming out in February of Perfect. 2016. And this is a, a short little Thank verse. Thank I know. It's been too long. I've really been dilly-dallying with it. But um, this is a short little verse that I, I, I wrote, and it's a later cut on the record. And it's kind of what I, I sing a lot about love and lost love and unrequited love. And I'm in love with this guy, and he doesn't love me kind of thing. Benny, but, Benny says he loves you like crazy. But that's the thing. <laughs> and you wouldn't know it, but I'm very happily married, and I have a lot of love in my life. My father, who is a flamenco singer, He's been inspiring me. This verse is kind of a little ode to the my my flamenco heritage, so to speak, because it steps away a little bit from the type of music that I'm usually playing with my band. Oh, cool! Um, and it's so spicy. It's spicy. It's, it's <laughs> not, but it's it's a hopeful side of love, and that I found love and moving into my next chapter of music. So anyway, with that being said. This is called Where Love Stays, and I hope you all enjoy it. <clears throat> and now to, I need to like take it down a minute. <laughs> um, okay. No matter where I roam, nor what you might say would keep me away. For very long Or make me go astray Cause in your arms Is where love stays And where love stays I go No matter where I roam nor what you might say would keep me away for very long or make me go astray cause in your arms is where love stays and where love stays I go Cause in your arms is where love stays And where love stays I go Oh, that was beautiful. Nice. That was amazing. Very good. Oh, very nice. Thank very you so cool. much. Oh, I like that very so nice. much. <laughs> Jay. Thank you. That's where Irish. I go. Okay, so when yeah. when is your album going to be out, and where's where are people going to be able to get it when it's out? Well, when it's out, um, I'm well. I'm shooting for February, and we'll be releasing a single before then. Stranded at the drive-in. I've got some special guests on that. Dave Alvin. 
um, from the Blasters. He's uh, a good friend of my bass players, and he called him a friendship card for me, and he was really gracious awesome. enough to play on it. Um, and hopefully you'll be able to get it pretty much everywhere online. I'm, I'm releasing it myself independently, and I'm really looking forward to it, and I'm looking forward to you guys hearing it, and I'm also looking forward to moving forward. Okay, um, <laughs> Louis, where can, where can we find your work? Oh, you can find my work on louimetz.com. His work is in Facebook. his ball sack. Ah, yeah, I got a lot of work in there. <laughs> you better so believe you're working it. on some stuff. It's brewing. How about you, Alan? Where can we find your work? Uh, in my studio. And in storage. I want to come it's by stop. sometime. Okay, <laughs> where can we find it online? We can, you can find oh, his you Facebook can find page. Oh, you can find Flickr or Facebook or any, you know, those places. Alan Katz. It's, it's easy to come up thing, under alankatz.com or Alan, Alan Katz. You can find it. There's yeah. a lot of cats. Yeah, there are. Meow. You have to really want to find it. You gotta re- I'm going to post it anyway. <laughs> you can find it through my stuff. I'm ready to go. Okay, can Michelle, start all over again? Michelle, where can we find info about you? Well, I have a book out now, published by Rizzoli, and okay. you can find it at your local bookseller. Okay, <laughs> and I'm going to have you back on. Because we have we have more topics to talk about. Right? Absolutely. What's the okay. title of your book? Uh, it's called. Uh, uh, what is it called? <laughs> Authors. Mine's called Ballsack. <laughs> <laughs> I love that title. Hurry up! What's it called, baby? I'll, I'll announce it. I'll announce it. Louis okay. Metz's Jabber Ballsack. Jabber okay, Jabber. I'll I'll announce it. Okay, and any go ahead and go to www.whatpuzzlepiece.com and you'll find all of this and you can Yay! see the show there. Everything. We'll see you next week. You are watching T Radio Me. Radio MTV.